Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Listen in as I speak with Aisha Addison, psychiatric nurse practitioner, who at the age of nine watched her father collapse on the floor fighting for his life. As he lay there, she peered through the stairwell and stared helplessly as any nine-year-old would. Minutes felt like hours. She sat frozen on the stairwell watching her father on the floor in distress. Finally, EMS arrived. Her father was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. He was 30 years old. It was at that moment Aisha learned not to take life for granted. And at a very young age, she made the decision that she wanted to help people. Over the next few years, she secretly battled the childhood depression, anxiety, and PTSD. As a teenager, she realized the positive impact and found how his death had strengthened her. She set out to make her desire to care for others a reality. She obtained a CNA in 1999, her Bachelor of Science in Nursing in 2004, her Master of Science in Nursing as a Family Nurse Practitioner in 2010. In 2020, she became the primary caregiver for her paternal grandmother, who was battling end-stage dementia. Being a solo caregiver was one of the hardest roles she ever had to take on. On top of that, the COVID pandemic was in full effect. There was no respite. She learned firsthand the physical and mental demands of being a caregiver. Through blogs and other online forums, she also acquired knowledge of how many other caregivers were struggling with insomnia, depression, anxiety, grief, and more. Although she had over 20 years of experience in the field of helping families with her physical health, she realized once again that she needed to do more for families and their mental health. Aisha earned her psychiatric nurse practitioner degree in 2022. Now, with over 23 years in the field of nursing and a passion for helping seniors, Aisha has a plethora of knowledge from both life and educational experiences. She has helped thousands of families manage their physical health and formed two organizations, one being One Stop Wellness MD, which is a one-stop shop for your physical and mental health needs, and another entitled Quality of Life Psychiatry, dedicated to struggling caregivers in need of mental health support. Aisha is the definition of turning a heartbreaking experience into a beacon of hope and a support system for others that may have endured the same. Listen in. So I'm really excited to have an esteemed colleague with us today. Uh, very excited to have her, Aisha Addison of One Stop Wellness MD. And, you know, it's, it's very, her story is so empowering. Uh, she sent her bio in, we met briefly. Uh, she's in the mental health space. And I just want to welcome her and let her share her story because 
I have to tell you, when I saw your bio, Aisha, uh, I was really, I got the chills um, just in the way that your life and the order of your life and the way that you serve in the mental health space um, has manifested. So uh, (laughs) welcome to the Care Pod and we're happy to have you. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Actually watched my father pass away um, right in front of me. He suffered, suffered a massive heart attack and I was so helpless in this situation. I just sat there on the steps I remember just peering through and just thinking to myself, there's nothing I can do. Nobody knew CPR. Nobody was able to perform any emergency services for him. Um, And so he did pass away on the way to the hospital. They let us know hours later that he had passed away and he was pronounced dead on arrival. And then I I guess you kind of see life different when, when you lose a parent at such a young age and And it's just like, you know, every day after that, I knew that things that are important in life aren't material. It's more about what you do while you're here. You know, it's about your quality of life. And it's just about, you know, just being happy while you're here, finding your purpose while you're here. And I quickly decided that I wanted to help people. Uh, You know, I, I dealt with my own depression. I remember having nightmares. I remember having flashbacks. Like I, I literally dreamed that I was at his funeral again. I would dream just like just the weirdest dreams. Um, I had depression. And and now I know that I was going through some PTSD um, at the time as well. Some anxieties, all those things. And, and as I got a little older, more into my teenage years, I realized that, you know, his death, although I miss him so much every day still to this day, it made me so much stronger. It, it made me see life so much different. Material things aren't as important to me as they are to other people. And, and just helping people is just so important to me. So I became a CNA when I was 17 and then a nurse, right? Right after high school, I went into nursing and I became a nurse in 2004 with my bachelor's degree from Thomas Jefferson University. And then worked for some years, about six, seven years, and went back and got my family nurse practitioner degree um, from Widener University. And working as a family nurse practitioner was so amazing as well. I got to help so many people. Um, I also, as a family nurse practitioner, got to treat some anxiety, some depression. But it wasn't until I became a caretaker for my grandmother. So my father had passed away and he was the only child. So I was next in line to care for my grandmother. And she came to live with me after coming down with like really end stage dementia. And I knew that she couldn't care for herself any longer. They actually found her in the park after she lost her keys one day in the park, just like on the brink of death. And I was like, okay, grandma, this is it. You're coming to stay with me. Um, But I had no idea the amount of stress, anxiety, um, even a little bit depression at the time. When it comes to being a caretaker, it can be physically and mentally exhausting. And me, I'm I'm even a nurse. Like you, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for years, and I still it was so much pressure being the only caretaker um, of my grandmother. And and that's when I realized when I experienced, even as a nurse, as experiencing like different symptoms, anxiety, depression, inability to sleep. So insomnia, then I decided, oh my gosh, like so many caretakers are going through this. And I hear their stories all the time. And when I, 
I had I was taking care of my grandma during COVID. So I was online. I was listening to other people's stories and I decided, okay, now it's time to even go deeper and dive into mental health. So caregiver mental health, just mental health in general. Um, but caregivers also have so many mental health issues that, you know, they would just benefit from having somebody that understands that space, understands mental health, has been there, has been a caregiver. And so that's when I decided to go ahead. Why not? It's COVID. I have the computer here. I have my grandmother here. <laughs> Might as well start the curriculum. Um, so I did. And, and I graduated. And now I'm also a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Good <laughs> for you. you. Amazing. You know, I think what what resonates me to you so much is that um, we both in ways taken these pain points in our lives to form yeah. change. I, I, you know, I felt so many times at bedside and personally exasperated. Yeah. And like you said, you said, I'm a nurse. Like, you know, we're <laughs> in the know. We're in the know. Still exactly. feeling the pain. Still yeah. feeling the, these challenges. So imagine the novice, the layman caregiver, yeah. uh, just trying to navigate this system it is tremendous. Yes. So I, I just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so take me back, take me back. So your dad, uh, your formative years, you were nine, this happened. So, yeah. um, you know, getting, before we segue into the trauma of that, you know, yeah. what did that look like for you in terms of, you know, prevention, especially as a family nurse practitioner, uh, mm -hmm. especially as a woman of color, treating mm -hmm. populations that don't have access to care, that have, you know, the trifecta of diabetes, hyperlipidemia, mm -hmm. hypertension, and the like. Uh, how, you know, how did that look for you in clinical practice? And, and have there been any triggers even still, you know, years later? Yeah. So, so in clinical practice, I was so focused on preventative medicine, especially when it came to cardiac disease, because, you know, my, my dad, he had no idea that he had any cardiac issues at all. In fact, he thought he was having an asthma attack for several days and didn't go to the hospital. So, and he was just being stubborn. Like I remember seeing him in the bed with his asthma pump for at least a week, not knowing that he was having cardiac symptoms. He really thought he was just having an asthma attack. And he was like, oh, I'm not going. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. Until he woke up in the middle of the night and literally was having a massive heart attack. So very wow. big interventions, very big on teaching the signs and symptoms of cardiac disease versus asthma. <laughs> very big on getting um, testing completed. Like, okay, let's just say you feel short of breath. Let's rule out any cardiac disease. Let's, let's make sure we rule that out um, so that we know that it, it is asthma or, and it's not a combination of both. Cause I mean, realistically he did have both. He had asthma and he had cardiac disease and he didn't know that he didn't know about the cardiac part. So very big on patient education, very big on testing and yes, preventative measures so priority and, and and especially in our underserved communities like i try to take the time to volunteer um because it's so important like our our and, and just educate just so many people even my family members they don't they don't know sometimes 
things that the doctors and nurses are saying, like sometimes they speak in terms that are not understandable to, to normal people who are not in our field. So I do a lot of explaining, a lot of just breaking down things into layman's terms and just trying to help people in general. And, and that's, you know, in my career, in my family, in my friend circle, people call me all the time, like, what does this mean? And I'm like, okay, this is what it really means without all the big words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. this is I, what I it feel means that. Without, yeah, because people I don't feel that. Know. People don't know. And 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 my dad is not the only trauma I've suffered. I've I've suffered my little sister passed away in October from AFib. Oh. It just came on out of nowhere. And same thing. She was having symptoms of AFib. She had no idea. She just passed out and was not put on a blood thinner. Oh. Yeah, went to three different hospitals and was not put on a blood thinner. So so just, it's just so important for people to just understand just so many things on so many levels. And so part of my career is also just trying to teach people what things mean, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and Absolutely. trying to encourage people not to procrastinate as well. Like if you're having Absolutely. something, just go get it checked out because you never know. Yeah, and you know, I think there's, there is a lesson in that statement alone, because, you know, with your sister, youth is oftentimes passed over as a, a mischaracterization of disease. So, you know, just that she wasn't treated uh, as to the standard of care, possibly because youth or young people may not, uh, you know, present with a, an AFib. So even that, and then speaking to the stubbornness of the older adult person, but specifically even the older adult person of color who, you know, is over trying to prove their symptomatology or, you know, mm -hmm. the way that they feel to a, a clinician. So I think there, there's work to be done on both sides. Yeah. Uh, so, so important. So important. Yeah. And a lot uh, of times so, the male population as well, our underserved male Yes. Population, they are so stubborn sometimes. Well, not go get checked out. Even my, my brother, I'm like. <laughs> yes. It's yes. 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 So. Yes. Are you a geriatric care professional that is in need of continuing education credit? Check out our online geriatric certification courses. They are accredited by Evergreen Certification. Visit us at impactfulcaregiving.com. Absolutely. So tell me about um, your greatest fulfillment in the ways that you're honoring your father. Uh, and just, you know, I'm sure he would be so proud to know what you've become and done with your life and the thousands of patients over decades, I'm sure that you've helped already. Uh, what, what gives you the greatest fulfillment? Teaching CPR gives me, wow. the, yeah, gives me the greatest fulfillment. Just teaching people how to, to react in that moment when, you know, the emergency response um, team has not arrived yet. You know, there's so many people that just look, they just stand there in a panic. They just stare. But I, I know for a fact that educating people gives them more courage to act and just showing them even, you know, even if the compression is not deep enough, you tried, you know, even if 
You don't want to give breaths. You can just give compressions and still save a life. People don't know that. So I actually, I actually have um, a nonprofit that I'm starting called Till Help Arrives. And it will be- Oh, I love it. Thank you. It will be dedicated to my little sister and my father and every compression that I teach is in the name of them both. Um, oh, that is so beautiful. That is beautiful and necessary. You know, yeah. it's interesting because one of my biggest frustrations is that we're a society that reacts instead of proactively, you know, seeks out education and ways to help ourselves. You yeah. know, we're, we're into the latest trend, but somehow a, an education around the ways that we can help ourselves and our families becomes lost. So such yeah. important work. And, and it seems I, the guy is escaping me now, but it seems like whenever there is an athlete or someone that suffers a cardiac arrest, you know, yeah. then there is a flash need, but there's need for grandparents that are taking care of young folks, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that are inherited the caregiving for their children's children that, that might not have parents that need to- Absolutely. Have a multi generational way to approach heart health. So important. Exactly. exactly. And I have friends that have children with disabilities. They don't, you know, they just don't know. And I'm just like, it's time to have a course. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us about that. Do you do remote work? Do you do mobile workshops or, or how do you do it? The CPR classes? Yeah. So I have a space at my office, I'm in Delaware, but I'm also open to coming out to people's homes, especially if it's a whole family that wants to learn. And you can actually start teaching CPR at 12 years old. Like as long as you can do a strong compression, you can even teach the younger children. So um, both in person, mobile, um, we're open to just reaching the most people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have um, specifically marketed family CPR for that particular organization that that and I'm going to market it even more once the organization is completely set up. Absolutely. I'd love to bring you into our private Facebook group uh, to do that and, uh, you know, tap you for some we're having a caregiver unplug event because the, this is important work. It's a, it's necessary. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so tell us what, what's the common theme to, to, to switch gears a little bit. What, what's the common theme you notice across uh, men mental health for the caregiver? What is the theme that you're appreciating the most amongst this population? Common theme when it comes to the caregiver, um, a lot of loneliness, um, a lot of stress, but they can appreciate talking to someone and they can appreciate just someone that's there willing to first acknowledge that they're growing through a lot. Cause a lot of people go through a lot as a caregiver and, and the rest of the family sometimes doesn't really acknowledge that they're going through a lot. So just acknowledging that, you know, they're going through a lot, but it's not, you know, it's not something they can't get through with a good quality of life. I mean, that's what I would say. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because in my own caregiver experience, my lot is protecting my mother's dignity at the same time. So yeah. I spoke with a care, I spoke with a caregiver recently who, it, you know, posts very raw moments of her parents. She has 
a double whammy. She has a mother with dementia who has multiple comorbidities, diabetic, renal failure. And then she has a dad with Parkinson's and then Mm. Parkinsonian dementia as well. And she shared about how she was getting kind of attacked via social media because of posting these experiences of of her parents. Mm. But she said she, her retort is that this is her story too. And I thought that, I, I thought that that was very interesting for me, obviously, before multiple reasons as a professional and in my space and also honoring my mother in a different way, you know, I don't want to post her in a compromising way, but it's, it is a heartbreak I carry every yeah. day. So that that's yeah. my story that mm-hmm. here was this beacon. She's a nurse, registered nurse midwife, this mm-hmm. beacon of who pretty much crafted the whole trajectory of my career. Uh, And in hindsight, I have so many experiences as a child to glean from, but yet suffer silently with that, you know, thread of heartbreak, if you will. Um, So, you know, that is the balance that I find difficult. You know, you see a lot of people sharing oh, they have 96,000 followers and, you know, because they're sharing these kind of raw moments of real caregiving. So it's to kind of say to myself, you know, my caregiver experience isn't less raw, but it is, like you said, my Mr. Rogers way of breaking things down in medicine, keeping it simple and sprinkling some of my caregiver experience in the mix. I agree. I mean, I posted my grandmother but like you said, it wasn't in those 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 moments where I felt like, you know, it was more happy moments. So I posted my grandmother when she was dancing, even though she had a stroke and like the side of her face might have been droopy. She was still happy in those moments. She was singing happy birthday. My grandma was a dancer. She would dance <laughs> all day. She would dance. She just loved, loved, loved to dance. So even in the end stage of like two weeks before she passed, she was still dancing. So I, I, I did post videos of her dancing. Um, but yeah, there, there is a balance. There's definitely that balance. And it's like, you know, what, you know, and, and yes, you definitely want to, um, show the world what you're going through, but at the same time, you want to protect, you know, those the integrity. Yes. The integrity. So yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I, I think the transparency on this platform is to say, wow, look at clinicians like you and I who are professional caregivers. You know, this is my challenge to the medical community to say, once a caregiver, always a caregiver. So it, it doesn't end. And that patients need to understand that we're taking care of our own families and go through the same Uh, journeys often as well. And I think that that transparency helps patients to identify and their families with us uh, even more so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about your, your, all of your offerings. So we got CPR workshops, either concierge family or group. And what else do we have? And we have um, psychiatric initial evaluations, we have medication management, we have therapy, trauma-based, cognitive behavioral. Um, We just have regular talk therapy if you just want to talk. 
Um, so, so many different therapy modalities. Um, we see children six and up. We take several insurances. And we just really try to also implement that holistic and integrative portion as well. So it's not always about medicine, you know? And I, and and so I like to combine Western, but I also like to look at labs. Like, what are your labs going? Let's fix what's going on there before we just throw in a medication to treat it. So maybe it's just your vitamin D is a little low, or maybe your thyroid is off, you know? So let's figure out what's really going on, get a big picture of, you know, any other underlying medical conditions before we just start throwing pills at someone. I, I definitely believe in also alternative therapies. You know, people can practice yoga, meditation, Reiki, things of that nature. And the plan is just to eventually incorporate all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. So tell our audience we're international. I would love to, you know, spell out your website. Uh, let people know about how they can connect with you if you have social media pages, et cetera. And uh, then we're definitely going to, I'm going to chat with you offline about some uh, collaborative uh, things that we can do together to support this growing community. Okay, great. So again, my name is Aisha Addison. I am both a family and psychiatric nurse practitioner. The business name is One Stop Wellness MD. You can reach us at our website, www.onestopwellnessmd.com. Um, you can also look us up on LinkedIn, One Stop Wellness MD, Facebook, One Stop Wellness MD, and just feel free to reach out. We're here. Beautiful. Well, you're you're so beautiful, one, in, in spirit and physicality, and I'm thankful that you took the time to join us today. I think people need to see clinicians and understand the stories behind our purposeful leadership. And uh, I'm really thankful that you joined the CarePod today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I am so thankful that you have me on the show today. Like just speaking to you is just, you're also such an amazing clinician and our stories are just so interchangeable. Like I just I'm so excited to be here today. And thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thanks again. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.